Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another episode of Basement Banter. A little uh, Sunday special in honor of the football season getting back into full swing. This week, I have on Matt Blahut. What's going on, everyone? And, uh, yeah, I think we're just going to dive into it. So, fun fact, me and Matt were a tangent on base or not basement banter on uh, the two minute warning show back in the day in my freshman year of college that was a pretty fun time shout out Matt Caputo as well for uh he still currently is holding down basement banter so <laughs> go go give that a listen if you haven't done so already talking all of the uh sports content you could ever want if you're done t- listening to me talk about uh fighting animals or <laughs> giving you dating advice or whatever <laughs> so uh all right enough of me talking about all that other stuff promote toot my own horn uh so this week we have i mean we have a bunch of decent matchups don't really like the spreads on them but we'll, we'll get on that after this i just want to talk about the straight up games and what how we're thinking for them so the first slate of games at the one o'clock first game they have is the Bengals and bills this game's kind of like, I understand Bills looking to prove themselves, I mean, beating two real bad New York teams, but Josh, Josh Allen looks a lot better this year than he had, than how he started last year. I mean, I don't think you could have started last year any worse, right? They started yeah. out against the Ravens last year. I know it wasn't him who really just had that dumpster fire, Nathan Peterman, who uh, threw like four had like six interceptions or something that game. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen, we know he could run the ball and he's probably one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the NFL. But um, an issue has been his accuracy. We know he could throw the deep ball, but how accurate he is with those mid-range passes has been an issue last year. And then obviously running as in the NFL is a lot different than at Wyoming. So he was getting banged up and we saw – Peterman come in and have <laughs> one of the <laughs> worst string of passes in NFL history. It might so be the worst it, string. Of- yeah, it's tough. Well, Matt Schaub's up there with him and his pick sixes too. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, as he's been running well again this year, been really mobile. Obviously, not against the best teams. All I mean, the Jets game was a. It was a good good it was win again, for the Bills. They started out going against a Jets team Jets, that was week one. like was being praised to make a decent run this year. Yeah, and I mean, not only did they beat the Jets, but they they basically tried to give the game to the Jets with turning the ball over multiple times. I think they were minus three in turnovers that game, and they were still able to pull it out in the last minute. And that's when Sam Darnold was there. There's a lot of optimism, home opener in New York, so. That's a tough game to go compete against the Jets and go win, especially in division too. Right. So that's that's a game if you're stuck in uh, Buffalo or Cincinnati and you're stuck watching that game. I would just watch out for like the play calling and stuff too because that's exciting too, just how it's kind of how the NFL's moved to having the quarterbacks get the ball a little bit more like for design plays for them. So that that's, I mean, as exciting as Bengals-Bills is, uh, <laughs> is advertised <laughs> as. Those are like the little things. This is a football person hey, to look out I for. I think if the uh, – let me double-check this real quick. But obviously, if the Bills win the game, which they should at home, first game, home opener, um, then, they yeah, they'll be 3-0, and and they'll be hosting or actually going to – no, hosting New England, who also should be in 3-0. Three, three and 3-0. So a big AFC East sh- a showdown could be on the horizon. Right. There. The next game they have is the Lions-Eagles – I mean, this one, I think the Eagles should win. Lines have looked a lot better 
They beat a very good Chargers team last week. Their defense finally looks like something that Matt Patricia would draw up, not like how last year was a little uh, – they started out pretty bad. Um, but I think the Eagles should handily – not handily win this one, but I think they should win by at least a touchdown. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think the Eagles being at home helps a lot, especially after that tough loss on Sunday Night Football. But the Eagles are banged up, man. They're banged up with them, with like the Jets in terms of their injury report is long. Deshaun Jackson's out. Uh, their defensive tackles out. They lost both both defensive tackles, Tim Jernigan, and their highly praised acquisition this offseason, Malik Jackson. They're both out. Alshon Jeffries banged up. Dallas Goddard's banged up. So they have a laundry list of injuries that they're going to have to fight through. I think it's going to be a good football game. I don't know if it's going to come down the wire. I don't think the Eagles are going to blow out Detroit. I don't know. That's I don't think they're going to blow them out, but they should win the game. If Carson Wentz is as advertised, I know he's been banged up the past few seasons, but if this is that kind of season where he should be proving himself, he should be able to beat this Detroit Lions team. Obviously, very good defense. The offense doesn't excite me from Detroit. Uh but I think the Eagles should. I understand that the first week was kind of just picking apart the uh, the secondary of a weak, weaker Redskins team and just kind of throwing it over the top to Deshaun Jackson. Almost it was like something out of like a Madden video game, just running four verts every time, dumping it off <laughs> to him. <laughs> but I think the Eagles definitely should win this game. Yeah. Um, so that for the next one, I, I don't even really want to have a conversation on this one because uh, I, just I don't even want to humor anything about the, <laughs> about the Jets in this game. Jets uh. Patriots, Patriots should handily win this one. They didn't need Antonio Brown to begin with. I understand it doesn't hurt to have him, uh, but you saw them week one pick apart a Steelers team, and uh, Philip Dorsett, right. The uh, yeah. the receiver had a very good first week against them. Yeah, he did. So even though Antonio Brown's gone, he they definitely aren't having a, a loss of talent in the receiving core. They still have Julian Edelman, still have Philip Dorsett, still have Josh Gordon, and I, I, yeah. I don't really think two two running backs that could catch the ball with the Sony Michelle, uh, James well, White, Rex Burkhead. Burkhead. Yeah. They have a lot of they have plenty of uh, offensive weapons. I would not worry New England fans. Jets fans, I mean, you guys couldn't have had a rougher start being banged up that badly <laughs> through the first couple of weeks. Almost as bad as uh, Paquanic Panthers, Senior A football team, um, who two kids, season-ending injuries, first two games. And Pee Wee football, uh, what are they doing? Kid resigned this week, so um, three punters in three weeks is not ideal. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, the Patriots are going to win this game. I wouldn't even the your thing you should be concerned about is the point spread, which we'll get to a little later. That yeah. should be your only concern. People watching this game. Yeah, and I think one thing to watch out too. I, I know, or at least I think, the Patriots are going to run away with this football game. But one thing that people aren't talking about, obviously, AB's been the news for the Patriots and really this whole off season. But the Patriots have uh, gone with some. I mean, we're this week they're going to have to go with some new offensive linemen as their best offensive lineman was placed on the IR. So it's going to be interesting to see how they adapt to that Jets pass rush. And it may not show up in this game, but like we said, next week against Buffalo, who has a pretty good pass rush led by Jerry Hughes, it might show up on the tape there. So we'll see how they kind of patch together that offensive line. Right. Definitely something to watch for in a game that's not going to have much other yeah. uh, excitement the, to it. And the Jets are just injured. They're hold from their linebackers <laughs> to Sam Darno. You name it, they they got someone hurt. Right. Next game is a pretty – the next couple games in this list are pretty important. 
I think for all of the teams involved, Oakland and uh, Minnesota. I think both these teams are trying to prove something this season. And Raiders had a good first game against Broncos. Uh, and then last week, obviously, it's kind of hard to hang with the Chiefs. But they, they seem to hold their own to an extent. Yeah, Another first, team first, that's been kind of in a whirlwind this offseason between Antonio Brown and then after the first game losing their stud safety they just drafted. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they should, they're away at uh, Minnesota, which is a very tough place to play in. Minnesota's coming off of a tough loss last week against the Packers, a division rival, so they're not going to be very happy about that. So I think this should be a pretty good game. I predict that the Vikings should be able to win uh, because they're a pretty well-seasoned veteran team. Raiders are young, going into a very loud, crazy, hectic environment with a team who loves to pound the rock. Might get gassed as a young defense. I could see the Vikings winning this one maybe by 10. Yeah, I, the Raiders aren't a very good football team. And I thought that going into the season, they look good in week one, but uh, now we're looking through Denver, and they might not be the best team either. Um but with Oakland, they still have Jacobs, who's a solid player. But, again, they have, they lost Abrams, who you mentioned, who is kind of like their defensive leader, ready to jack anyone up, stop the run, play anywhere really on defense. But he was a big-time hitting safety, and he's kind of gone. Uh, he's gone for the year. They lose that on offense. They have a bunch of injuries in the t- uh, tackle positions. In- incognito still suspended. And you know Minnesota's going to be coming with Mike Zimmer's defense with the best pass rush you can get. So, I mean, I don't know if Minnesota's going to score a lot, and their offense has been scaring me, but I don't know if Oakland's going to score at all. No, (laughs) I I don't think so. Derek Carr with pressure in his face is not very good. Right. Uh, This next game, as a Ravens fan I'm excited about, should, on paper, should be a pretty decent game. Should be a big shootout. Um, Last year, game was as billed, was a very close game, came down to the wire. I believe it ended on a missed field goal by the Ravens Uh, that, I mean, you can't get on Justin Tucker for missing that because he makes basically just about everything else. Um, So I think this, I think that's that's the only team that handed Lamar Jackson a regular season loss last year. Lamar Jackson came out this uh, season looking pretty hot. Once again, going against the... Uh, practice squad Dolphins and the Cardinals who have flashes on certain drives where they look pretty good but I mean I think it's just even as a Ravens fan it's pretty hard to hang with the Chiefs Patrick Mahomes coming off of an MVP season looks very hot this season last week I watched in the second quarter he threw like three 40 yard touchdown passes yeah it's he's ridiculous right now he's burning hot um, Ravens have a decent secondary, but it's just hard to keep up with those receivers. They have such a fast receiving core. Yeah, even without Tyreek Hill, they're ready to go. I mean, McCole Hardman was supposed to be the guy to step up, who's one of the fastest wide receivers in football, who they just drafted. And the next thing you know, this guy Robinson is just catching passes <laughs> left and right. And McCole Hardman had his fair share of big plays. So they're stacked up there at wide receiver. And quite honestly, Andy Reid's a great X's and O's coach. He dials him up with the best of them, so giving him Pat Mahomes is just unfair. <laughs> yeah. uh, and plus, LeSean McCoy is looking to have a uh, yeah. second coming this season working with his old coach, Andy Reid. Uh, I think, uh, once again, like the Ravens, Ravens, if they come out 
and have a pretty good first couple series, maybe. Maybe they have a chance. But if they're letting them score right off the bat, they're going to be in trouble. Yeah. Key for the Ravens have to score. Either they either they If they get the ball first, they have to go down and score. And if not, they have to hold the Chiefs to like, I don't know. They might have to hold the Chiefs to like 14 points in the half. I yeah I don't think it's I don't think you're gonna hold the Chiefs I, the Baltimore secondary is banged up I know Jimmy Smith their best corner is out again he's been out he was out last week too so that's been a problem for their secondary and Kyler Murray exploited at the end of last game and almost brought them back and now you got Pat Mahomes in that right. offense so I mean a lot of people think Baltimore is gonna go back to that kind of run style or or run a lot more I know they ran it I think Lamar Jackson ran it close to 18 times last week and nothing against Miami. So, we've seen him pass more, especially to Hollywood Brown. I think we might have a shootout on our hands right. uh, between these two teams. I know you're looking at the Baltimore defense, expecting big things from them, but I don't think this is a game where you stop Pat Mahomes, even with Eric Fisher out and Damian Williams out. They got plenty of weapons still, and I'm thinking Baltimore is going to have to keep up with them. It's not a game it, where you want to kick field this goals. Is a, this is definitely not going to be a stout, like a uh, 1980s NFL game where it's like 14 to 10 the final score. This yeah. this game's going to be like, I would I would hammer the, the over on this game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game just because the Chiefs could hang 35 points on any defense in the NFL today. Uh, Chiefs don't have that great of a defense against a very fast-paced Ravens offense. So this game's definitely going to be a high-scoring game, but I still think Chiefs are going to pull this one out. Yeah, I guess the question is, if you want to bet the over/under in this game, do you think Baltimore is going to run a uh, run-heavy kind of offense between Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram, which they could do against the Chiefs, who don't have a very good run defense, well documented, or are they going to air it out and mix in the run, kind of throw those deep balls to Hollywood Brown and company, uh, throw some mid-range balls to uh, Mark Andrews, who's been a stud this right. year. If you think they're going to air it out, then we got a high-scoring game on our hands looking like that Rams-Kansas City game. Right, 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 right. So, sorry, we had some technical difficulties, but nonetheless, I think that definitely Chiefs will win this one. It's a matter of by how many. Next one we have on our docket is the Colts and Falcons. Yeah. And on this one, I think that the Colts, little spotty, Jacoby Brissett, okay quarterback kicker frightening with uh adam vinatieri not really looking great the past couple weeks i'm going to take the uh i think i'm gonna take the falcons on this one um i know that matt has more to say on this one but i think the falcons looked a lot better against the uh eagles this past week than they did week one i think they're hopefully going to keep trending up against the colts team who might have to look to a new kicker which is the whole controversy between Andrew Luck retiring, and now their kicker who they've had for a very long time, for a couple decades, I think, at this point. Um, I think that the Falcons win this one. Yeah, I, I also think the Falcons win this football game. I think the injury to Darius Leonard's pretty big, and I think the Falcons' defense has played above expectations. So I think they'll take this game. Uh, it's actually one of my bets. I know we're going to go over as we hit each game. All th we we uh, chose three bets against the spread. I have Falcons plus one and a half on the road. I think they do win this football game. I think one. hopefully Matt Ryan clears up some of his red zone issues. That'll definitely help make this game a lot bigger than it was last week. I mean, they would have beat up the Eagles pretty bad if he didn't throw that pick in the red zone. I don't know. 
how good the Colts are, we and they're missing their best defensive player. So I think that's problematic. I think the Falcons take this football game. I agree. Uh, I don't really want to touch on this one too long. The Packers versus Broncos. Broncos seem to just be spinning in circles as they have been the past few years with just bringing in quarterbacks who are past their prime or just not really a quarterback who could give you a, ch- a real chance in winning a division with the uh, Chargers and Chiefs. I think that the Packers seem revitalized with their new coach. Aaron Rodgers seems to be looking great after a season-ending injury last year, or a basically season-ending injury because they didn't do anything after he got hurt. Uh, I think home at Lambeau, I think the Packers win this one by two touchdowns. Yeah, I think the Falcons take – I mean, not Falcons. I think the Packers take this game also. Uh, Vic Fangio is there to do defensive stuff. Their defense hasn't been well in in Denver, and Joe Flacco has been Joe Flacco. (laughs) (laughs) Ever since the Super Bowl, Joe Flacco. Yeah. Which it was, to me, once he signed that big deal with the Ravens, I cringed because – You knew it was going downhill. You knew it was just going downhill from that point. Should have sold when they bought. Uh for this one, I don't even really want to talk about. This is one of my picks for the week. The Cowboys and Dolphins. Cowboys 21 and a half. Cowboys, Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb has been playing very well for like Cole Beasley once he left. And uh, Michael Gallup, I know, is hurt this week. But I think Randall Cobb has been having a pretty good year. I think they're going to run all over the Dolphins with their offensive line and then open it up for big plays. Dolphins don't have any talking points. I have nothing to say about the Dolphins. They're just basically a practice squad this year. Nightmarish, as I said about, uh, I think, the Broncos. Nightmarish season for the Dolphins. Definitely 21.5 points for the uh, Cowboys because I'm not even considering the Dolphins are going to score. It's just a matter of Dallas could put up like more than three or like three touchdowns and a field goal which i think they very easily could do especially now that Mika fitzpatrick just walked out the door as well yeah i mean everyone who was good on the dolphins they basically traded i feel bad for josh rosen cowboys resting a lot of players so maybe the back door is open for dolphins to cover but i don't know how many points the dolphins are going to score on sunday (laughs) right um giants buccaneers a big game for each team to kind of prove something Giants lose this game. Their season's done. It's just a matter of how bad it's going to get from here. Daniel Jones looks pretty decent against the Buccaneers. That's great. If they win, the whole season's turned around. If they lose, I would just strap on your seatbelts, Giants, because it's just going to keep going downhill from here. You're on the basically the Titanic sinking into the ocean. Buccaneers looked pretty good. Uh, Bruce Arians seems to have them a lot better than they looked last year. But... Jameis Winston, something we talked about before the show, someone that isn't really someone that's going to get you very far in the postseason or in the postseason at all. I don't know. I think I think this game's kind of a toss up with Daniel Jones adding a new wrinkle to the Giants offense that Eli couldn't really provide. But I think that this game should be toss up. I would say Buccaneers should be able to win at home against the Giants. But who knows? Yeah. Giants have no defense. Well documented. Um Jameis Winston, not really trustworthy. A lot of interceptions. Blue week one against uh, San Fran. And then they played the the Panthers, which have been a terrible football team. So it's going to be an interesting game on Sunday. 
Uh, I like Tampa with a week and a half of rest, but we'll see if Jameis Winston can mess this one up. <laughs> um, Panthers-Cardinals, once again, not a very exciting game. Uh, something to look out for, Kyle Allen, if he could add some, I don't know, freshness to the Panthers' offense. Lose a dimension with Cam Newton being out. Cam Newton hasn't really impressed this year, hasn't really impressed the past couple of years, been banged up, uh, out again with a foot injury. Uh, Kyler Murray has been seeming to trending up since he his first start week one. Played good second half against the Ravens last week. Panthers aren't a team that's very scary. I think that the Cardinals should be able to take this one at home against the Panthers team that doesn't really seem to know where they're going. Uh yeah, I, I mean, I don't really have much to say about this game. It's two teams that are going to be happy if they get over a 500 year. If they even get to 500. If they get to 500. Yeah. I think the Panthers came in with a lot of high expectations, but I think they also came in with an injured Cam Newton. So I don't know how much of a downgrade Kyle Allen even is because I think Cam was banged up the whole season. I think the Panthers could win this football game, but like you said, none of these teams are really relevant in the playoff picture. Right. This next game is one of my other picks uh pittsburgh at san francisco i'm taking san francisco minus six and a half i think san francisco has been trending another team that's been trending upwards kyle shanahan seems to have his pieces in place that he wants george kittle obviously a great option uh jimmy garoppolo healthy slinging the ball pretty well last week against the Bengals. once again Bengals, not really that uh <laughs> Not really that impressive of a team to be doing it against. But still, when you put f- up 40 points or more in any NFL game, you're a pretty, uh, you're a pretty good team. Yeah. Uh, defense looks a lot better this year. And then on the flip side, you have to consider Steelers having some guy, Mason Rudolph, making his first start away with their the teams like one of their legends, Ben Roethlisberger, going down, done for the season. This is uh, like a make-or-break kind of point. Yeah. Uh, you have to see if this is going to be your future, which adds a little more stress to Mason Rudolph because this is basically for his job. We don't know how he's going to be. Team seems a little lackluster since Le'Veon Bell and A.B. left past season. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, obviously a great receiver. Washington's a great receiver. Uh, Vance McDonald's an okay person, okay player. A good, he's a good tight end. Doesn't really isn't as dynamic as a George Kittle or uh, Evan Ingram. So I think the 49ers should win this game. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, obviously, is a great addition to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but throwing that first-round pick out the door for him is, once again, really putting all your chips in on Mason Rudolph that he's going to be a good quarterback, which he was good in college, but it was against Big 12 defenses, which... I don't know. Maybe my uh, youth football team has a better defense than some, uh, of, the, <laughs> some of these Big uh, 12 teams. Bashing the Big 12, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to disagree with you a bit on this, with the Steelers making the trade for Mika, trading the first-round draft pick. I think all their chips are in on Mason Rudolph and company to turn this team around. I think they have high hopes for Mason Rudolph, and I could see it starting here against the 49ers. Although I do agree with you that 49ers have been good. Kyle Shanahan, one of the best offensive minds in football for sure. I'm going to go Pittsburgh on this one, especially covering that spread of six and a half. Okay. Uh, the Saints at Seahawks, a game that was waking up Sunday morning last week, was going to be a good one I had on my calendar. But Rip. sadly, we have Teddy Bridgewater in now, who looked very bad against the Rams. 
didn't really get the offense going. You could clearly see Drew Brees, a Hall of Fame quarterback, was the big difference maker for that team. Opened it up for Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara didn't really get much going. Michael Thomas didn't get much going. Uh, I think someone that we could see, Taysom Hill. I know you were talking about it before we went on, Matt. Taysom Hill is someone that I could see uh, Sean Payton, someone who's a big gambler, likes to take big risks, especially now that he's kind of has his back against the wall with Drew Brees being out. I think the Seahawks at home are a tough place to play. Seahawks had a big win away at Pittsburgh last week. I think they win this game. Uh, but it all depends on Sean Payton, how well he adjusts with a week's notice with uh, Drew Brees being out for a few weeks. Can they hold on for when he returns, if they can make a push into the postseason. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like Drew Brees has mono like Darno. He's not He's not out a few weeks. He's going to be out like two months. So they got to somehow stay to 500. I really think Teddy Bridgewater is well below an average quarterback and well below an average backup quarterback. So that's why I'm thinking Sean Payton's going to come in here, and if Teddy Bridgewater isn't doing well in the first half, I could see a switch to Hill for the rest of the second half and the rest of the time Drew Brees is out, kind of run a wild-card offense. But we also know Hill can throw the football. So I think Seattle wins this game, but don't be surprised if you see a lot of Hill time. Right. This next game, slugfest, I'd say. Uh, Texans, Chargers, both teams that are desperate for a win. Uh, Chargers had a good week one win against the Colts. Um, Struggled last week against the... uh, Lions kicking big factor in that one maybe even cost them the game don't like to put the game solely on one person but when the difference is four points and your kicker missed a few kicks I mean you could kind of trace the trail back to who's responsible when you need a touchdown at the end of the game versus just a field goal and on top of that you do even trust your kicker at that point after a few misses it's kind of hard not to point the finger uh obviously banged up chargers going against a very dynamic texans offense not very well sold on bill o'brien as a coach i know he's a decent defensive coach their offense i don't really agree with some of their play calling um i don't know i I, i'd probably say since the chargers are home really desperate to blow the doors off a team I know they don't have Melvin Gordon. I know they don't have Hunter Henry. But I could still see the Chargers winning this game. Austin Eckler leads the league in touchdowns. I see a game in uh, Los Angeles going to the Chargers. Yeah, I'm really down on Bill O'Brien as an offensive-minded head coach. He hasn't done enough with Deshaun Watson, who's bailed them out time after time. But I do think Houston's going to win this football game because L.A. has too many injuries on the defensive secondary and I think De- uh, Watson's going to be able to exploit that there in L.A. And I'm also not worried about L.A.'s home field advantage because it hasn't been that much of a home field advantage it's such a, in the yeah, Stub Center. As I say, it's such a difference in L.A., the Rams' home field advantage yeah. versus the Chargers' home field advantage. I think they might have more people showing up to the L.A. Galaxy or the, <laughs> the L.A. Uh, FC games in <laughs> Los Angeles than you are at the Chargers. Um Last game on Sunday that I think I'm taking the Rams. Or Rams, uh, this is another one of my picks. Rams minus three against the Browns. I think that Sean McVay is light years better of a coach than Freddie Kitchens. Uh, I think that they're a more disciplined team. I think they're a more dynamic team. 
And I think they're a much better coach team. I think that they obviously have a few playmakers on their offense and defense. Wade Phillips has them marked up for uh, defense. Sean McVay has Miles Garrett probably neutralized on offense. I think this game could be a two-touchdown game for the Rams. I think it's a steal minus three against the Browns. Yeah, I don't like uh, Goff on the road. I mean, his home road splits have been a pretty much crazy difference throughout his career. But like you mentioned, the discipline of the Cleveland Browns team, it's just crazy how undisciplined they are, racking up the most penalties in the NFL. You can get away with that on Monday Night Football against a terrible Jets football team right now. But against one of the top teams in football, I don't think they're going to be able to get away from it. I think that offensive line is going to have a lot of trouble with Aaron Donald and the company. I see the Rams winning this game and covering. Yep, I agree. And then lastly, the most boring game, I think, of the week. <laughs> Very boring <laughs> Monday night game. Yeah, back to the those Bears against the Redskins. Wow, what a very thrilling game. Bears have a here's here's the thing. Bears have a great defense. Redskins have a horrific offense. Bears <laughs> Bears offense is garbage. <laughs> Redskins defense is garbage. So I think this is gonna be a like. 14 to 3 game. I think the Bears win, but like I mean, I might watch the first half, but I have a very bad feeling it's going to be a very slow dull game that the Bears are going <laughs> to are going to yeah. win. I mean, Washington's missing one of the best left tackles in football, Trent Williams, who's holding out for a number of reasons, and I think that Bears defensive front is going to tear through the Washington offensive line definitely bang up case keenum no guys so i think that running game is going to be shut down i can't see washington doing much on offense right so there's our uh, picks of the week uh then the one of the things i wanted to talk about real quick just before we wrap things up at the end i know this is a pretty quick one but i just want to give you a quick in and out on your sunday morning before the game start uh hot seats that we should definitely be looking into this week i know the first couple of weeks it's hard to say anything but definitely now that we have uh, – now that we kind of had like a mold of what teams are going to be this year, I have a few hot seats that I wanted – or me and Matt both wanted to talk about. So my one that I wanted to just kind of throw out there was Pat Shermer. This, I oh, mean, really? my God. the I think the whole Giants organization should just like – the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator. I don't know. If, I don't know if you know which football you're coaching, but you understand this is American football, right? I don't know. I don't even think your defensive schemes would hold water in like. I don't even know my my youth football team. I I wouldn't let you on the field with me to help give give out advice. Offensive coaching. What the hell are you doing? They go down and score the first drive of each game. Saquon Barkley has like 70 yards and a touchdown, both of those drives, and then you don't go back to him. He's like the leading rusher in the the second leading rusher in the NFL, and yet you barely give him any touches after the first drive. I just don't understand. Your offensive line looks a lot better than it did last year, and yet you still want to do these stupid garbage swing passes to Saquon for a gain of one, Evan Ingram for a gain of zero. You have no receivers, and yet... Oh, my God. I just cannot believe it. Pat Shermer was maybe the most safe hire the Giants could have had in a 
NFL that is very clearly swinging in a different direction. So you bring in this cat who has just been absolutely hellish. You're a New York organization and you have maybe the most wet towel coach there is. A defensive coach who I can't even describe how bad he is. This guy needs to maybe pick up and go get a degree in, uh, I don't know, maybe get a degree in computer science and be some uh, some coder at fucking Best Buy or something the rest of his life. He has no future in the NFL as a defensive coordinator. It's terrible. They let up 21 points against the fucking Bills. <laughs> against the Bills. And they didn't even have a chance against the Cowboys, a division rival, the first game of the season. You basically just let them throw over the top and made Jason Witten look like he was freaking like 20-something years old again. Oh, my God. David Gettleman, too. Picking Daniel Jones sixth overall. You could have gotten him with your 17th pick or whatever you had later in the draft. Are you mad? Are you mad? We, we can see how this turns out tomorrow, but I mean, I would, I don't even know. Is there anyone that owns the team anymore? Is there anyone who has a set of balls that could just fire all these people now? Oh, man. I cannot believe it. Brownie going Pat in. Shermer, I mean, if you survive this season, good for you. Good for you. But if you have, if you don't, or if you do somehow make it through this season and have a job next year, I would question the psychological stability of the people who own this team and fire the GM for keeping him on top of it. Uh, the defensive coordinator is here by week eight. <laughs> I'm going to question that I even – I am in a real reality because uh, it's horrific. Yeah, I mean, in the D coordinator's defense, that defense is pretty awful and they haven't done much to address it. I know they drafted a D tackle in the first round, but D tackles becoming a kind of dinosaur position in terms of defense. Uh, Pat Shermer was actually on my list, and I was going to say that first, so you just cocked me right there. <laughs> I think the biggest thing for Pat Shermer and why I think he could be on his way out is that Danny Dimes is starting week three. So if we see Danny Dimes not perform at least as like an average quarterback or getting better as the season progresses, he's forever going to be tied to his progression as a quarterback. And if he's not looking too good by the end of this NFL season – a classic move by the GM is to fire the coach, Bring rehire in. a new offensive-minded coach to get either Danny Dimes going or then to draft a new quarterback and get that QB going. And that's another way to extend a GM's life. Um, so I could easily see that happening. Now, if Danny Dimes does well, Pat Sherman's going to be sticking around for a while. But the one thing, too, is that this quarterback change in Week 3 is a lot different than it being Week 10, Week 12, or later on in the season, right. where Pat Shermer would have just been fine because you only had a few games with Danny Dimes, but now you're essentially having a full season, so he's on the hook for his progression. Yeah. If he doesn't progress, he's out. This is like a It's not about the defense. We know the defense is bad. We know the team's bad. But if he's not progressing just as a quarterback, he's out. He needs to save his job. That's why he kind of did it. save his job and can him. Yeah. And then uh, do you have another person? I have I have another person who I want to th put on the hot seat yeah, as well. Yeah, I got a couple people, but I'll let's let's keep it to like three. All right. Uh, do you want to go the next person you have or? Uh yeah. Let me let me pick one. <laughs> I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Dan Quinn of the Atlanta Falcons. That was so one of mine too. I think he has a great opportunity here to win the AFC. Uh, not AFC, NFC South, now that Drew Brees has gone down. He's been performing below expectations since 
they had that Super Bowl run um, and let Kyle Shanahan go to head coach of the 49ers. And now Dan Quinn's making a desperation move of calling defensive plays again. So this, whatever this defense does this year and whatever this team does this year, if they don't make a run out of playoff spot, I think he's going to find him w- his way out of Atlanta. And even if they do get a playoff spot, I still think he's on the hot seat. If they lose like they did to Philly a few years ago um, in a lackluster game where they should have won and they have a first-round exit as a wild-card team, I think, or even as a host, I think he's going to be on his way out. I agree because I was going to say the Super Bowl – well, the Super Bowl that – where they lost by 21 points was it or they blew a 21 point lead i mean horrific um i think they haven't really been impressive since obviously with the uh all the injuries they had last year it's kind of hard to salvage some kind of season but definitely shouldn't have been that poor of a team with matt ryan a previous nfl mvp um i think that he's someone that definitely like you said the nfc south is ripe for the taking now Cam Newton down, not playing great. Bucks middle of the road, probably 500 team. And now you have your shot, as you said, Matt. Saints uh, don't have Drew Brees for the next couple months. You have to make your move now. If you don't win, I definitely think it's time with all the offensive weapons that you have, a couple of some of the best defensive players uh, in the NFL on your defense. I think that it would be time for the GM to can Dan Quinn and bring in maybe someone else because at that point you have these pieces in place. You need to go and get it now. And if your head coach isn't doing it for you now, then I think that you just have to write them off. Uh, I have another coach with my hot seat. I'm going to say uh, Bill O'Brien. Don't really love him. These I feel like they're in a very stagnant position where they keep making the playoffs and keep having early exits. Deshaun Watson seems like a quarterback who could be really good in the NFL if they had a better offensive coordinator that could really maybe manage him because he always starts getting banged up and forcing the – you have to worry about having your backup go in for him when he takes these big blows. It isn't college anymore where you could just kind of scramble around and think nothing of it. You really take punishing things, and you invest a lot of money in these players. Um, You have DeAndre Hopkins, who's a great player. You have a good defense. If you can't do anything again this year – and you're just constantly maybe a wild card or AFC South champion with like barely a couple wins over 500. I think you have to show him the door and get someone else in there to maybe kickstart this thing. Because I mean, while it's cool to make the playoffs, you want to you have head coaches in there to build your team and bring them a step further than where they were before. And to me, it seems like they've plateaued at this point. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bill O'Brien, I, th- I don't put him on a hot seat just yet because I think they, uh, I think they're going to win the division again, uh, just cause that division got a lot weaker with Andrew Luck retiring, Tennessee, not looking too hot, Nick Foles getting hurt. So the things are falling their way where I can't see Bill O'Brien getting fired. Do I think he's a below average coach? Yeah, but I, I just, his record's going to look too good for him to get canned. Right. That's just my only thought on that. And I think he should, but I don't think it's going to happen, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. Um, all right. I'm going to – yeah, I'm going to throw – I got a couple coaches, but I'm just going to go with the GM on this one. Uh, I'm going to go with John Elway from Denver. I mean, he's had his share of Super Bowl runs, a loss, and then a win with Peyton Manning. 
But other than that, he's been trying to find the next quarterback, and he's drafted poorly year after year, and he's picked up quarterbacks poorly year after year. Yeah. Um, and I think his career in Denver lies in Joe Flacco's hands, and that's a tough, tough roll of dice there. It's kind of rolling loaded dice where he's going to lose this one. Yeah. Um, so I can't see this going well for him. And I kind of feel bad for Vic Fangio because if John Elway's out this year, I he's can't see Vic Fangio staying, staying either. So I feel bad for him, but I think this is John Elway's last stand. I agree. I think that, like you said, <laughs> Joe Flacco is his last chance. Uh, you said he he drafted poorly. I think he drafted quarterbacks poorly. Yeah, yeah, he's, that's he's what I meant. Any, like, yeah, quarterbacks uh, drafted poorly, and then the ones he picked up. Bradley like Chubb. Keenum, Bradley Chubb's good. Yeah. Uh, Cortland Sutton's very good. Royce Freeman's a decent running back. Philip Lindsay obviously was the steal of the draft well, last yeah. year. Well, he was undrafted. Well, Even whatever. The crazier, steal, yeah. the steal of the draft period yeah. last year. Um, but like you said, he's just been he he brought in Peyton, great. NFL Hall of Famer, first ballot. Um, but after that, their quarterbacks has just been suspect. Uh, yeah. Trevor Simeon. Then you go to uh, Case Keenum. Then you go to Joe Flacco. Uh, I just These aren't people that... Joe Flacco was once one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he's kind of came over his hump because now people know that Joe Flacco is just all about the deep ball. And you could yeah. kind of maintain them if you just limit him to maybe trying to take a couple deep shots in the game. Um, other than that, yeah, they, I, I think that they they should be looking to win, but they just keep getting they just keep fucking up with the uh, the quarterback position. And now they have that kid they just drafted, but I think he's injured, correct? Yeah. So like they're they're gonna so now it's so now like you said it's just Joe Flacco to try and save John Elway's career, but once again another organization where they have some very good pieces, and if you're looking to win, you're gonna need to bring in a new GM, and then like you said, uh, Dick Vangio unfortunately is might be on his way out out as well. Uh, For my last one, I have uh, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette contract year. really doing a lot of talking for someone who hasn't had a 100 yard game in a very long time hasn't really impressed me the past couple like the past couple seasons uh really should have won that game against the uh the t- or Texans or no Titans oh yeah they no they won uh, the, the, the Jaguars were, no no the, the Texans I mean oh, well, they yeah, went for they two and they, they got stuffed on the goal yeah. line he had the, he all he had to do was stick the ball over the goal line or at least lower his shoulder and get in there and they couldn't even do that for someone who is supposed to be a franchise running back game on the line they're giving you the ball you got to get in there especially on a contract year uh, banged up a lot and he's still looking for big money I think that he's someone who may be in a different jersey next year yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's been a real disappointment between the injuries and then even like his yards per carry is extremely low this year. He he's been brutal. And that the thing is is that now they're going to have to be looking for a new quarterback uh probably in the near future, someone who's going to be the future of their team, bring in a couple pieces. Jalen Ramsey's going to be out the door after this year. So you need all you need to make sure you're spending that money wisely. And I think it'd be a very poor investment for the Jaguars, especially after this year, 
to give uh, Leonard Fournette a big contract yeah. extension. I know he's like a big bully and really could pound the rock sometimes, but he isn't. I just, maybe this offense just isn't made for him. And with the injuries and so a team that really needs to spend their money wisely next year. And they already have a lot wrapped up in Nick Foles, right. too. And yeah. then, uh, yeah. So what, what's your uh, last one, Matt? I already did three. <laughs> Oh, no, I didn't. No, you didn't. Did <laughs> no, you no didn't. I didn't. Because Pat Shermer, you took from me. Damn you. Um, yeah, so let's see. I I'll mean, throw out a fourth if you I know. <laughs> I know. Jay, no, I got a bunch written down. Jay Gruden, I feel, is like an obvious one. Yes. But they've been like just trying to get him out. So I think he's just a lame duck coach. So I don't think we need to go into that much. Um, Ron Rivera, I think, is done after this year, especially if Cam's gone. Right. I think Cam and Ron are together, and I think they're both uh, – Gone out. He'll probably be year. the next uh, Broncos quarterback. Um, <laughs> yeah, Anthony Lynn, I don't think is a very good coach, but I think the Chargers are a pretty good team. If they hang around the playoff race again and make the playoffs, I don't think he'll get fired, kind of like the Bill O'Brien situation. And then my last one's Mike Tomlin. I mean, all their chips are in is ma- on Mason Rudolph, as I mentioned. So if they have a bad, really bad run here, which I honestly don't see them having a terrible run for what, given their circumstances. I think he'll be fired. But I think the first one to go there is Keith Butler, their defensive coordinator. And I think once he's gone, I think their defense is going to turn around quite a bit. And I think they're going to be all right. I think Mike Tomlin's going to stick around for a little longer. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but we'll, I, He's on the hot seat, too, for sure. Okay. Uh, to wrap this up, want to just shoot me uh, two NFC teams, two AFC teams to look for in the postseason. This year, now, I, 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 I this I'm gonna exclude the uh, the Rams and Patriots because they're kind of people that like no shit they're gonna be the there. two favorites, yeah. Uh, um. So I'll go first for the uh, NFC 49ers. I really I'm really high on. They seem to be trending upwards. Um, and then I also like the Seahawks. I'd say they they could maybe potentially steal a wild card spot. I obviously you can't really. That I, I think they're like I honestly would put them in one spot because I think one or the other is going to take a wild card spot this year, and then the uh, Packers this year. I really like uh, how Matt Lafleur has been doing. I like Aaron Rodgers how he's playing. I think they're a team that really is, was desperate for a, ba- or a uh, bounce back year. So I'll do Seahawks slash Forty Niners. <laughs> so basically, so the second, <laughs> so the second place <laughs> NFC West team, and then the uh, the Packers for my NFC teams. Yeah, I think the Cowboys and Eagles is going to be great duking it out for the NFC East. Uh, I think that's going to be great all season. I think the Eagles are going to make a move to get some kind of cornerback, whether it's Ramsey or someone else. If they don't, I I find it very hard that they're going to stop any team in the NFC except for maybe the Bears. But between Aaron Rodgers, after we saw Matt Ryan did last week to them. Uh, Dax look great. Drew Brees when he comes back and Jared Goff, they're going to throw all over him. So the Eagles are going to need to grab a corner to hang around. Uh, my kind of lower level team would be the Falcons. Like I said, Dan Quinn's kind of on the hot seat. So he has to have a good year here. Matt Ryan has to clean up his red zone turnovers. I think they could do that throughout the course of this year. I think their defense is going to play a lot better. And I would look to that team to maybe make some noise in the NFC playoff picture. Right. And then for AFC, obvious one redskins i mean not the redskins uh the the chiefs uh chiefs last year very well could have made the super bowl they look they look i think a lot better than they did the beginning of last season 
They seem to really be clicking, even with some of their stars out. Kareem Hunt's not there anymore. Tyreek Hill's injured, and they're still really putting up a lot of points. Uh, so they're my obvious team. Uh, surprise team, I think the Ravens, if they keep trending the way they have been, I think they could give anyone in the AFC a run for their money. I know they for what the little uh, test portion we've been given this year so far against mediocre teams, they still seem like a really off, or an offense that's really clicking. Um, and then also uh, just Lamar Jackson seems a lot better. Uh, and they seem to be playing. They, they usually seem to play very well against better teams going off of last season. They hung with the Chiefs up until the very end of the game yeah. last year. So I think with Lamar Jackson, with an offense built around Lamar Jackson instead of what was last year, then the test size I'm given now, I think they could probably win the NFC North, uh, barring some crazy uh, Browns bounce back or uh, the Steelers having Mason Rudolph maybe coming in his own. I'm writing off the the Bengals. Don't really seem to impress me the slightest Fair. bit. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think the Ravens are my team to look out for in the AFC. Uh, I think the Bills' defense gives them a chance in every game, and I think the Bills now are a bit overrated after their 2-0 and start in New York, so they have everyone really watching them. Um, but I think that's a team that could hang around the playoff picture and grab a wild-card spot, maybe upset a team on its way to – I don't think they could beat the Chiefs or Patriots, but – I think with that defense, they're going to have a shot in every single game they this was, year. Yeah. Um, I mean, I always like the Chargers. Can they get healthy, though? I don't know. Year after year, it's the same thing. They can never get healthy. So it is what it is with them. If they can get Hunter Henry back, Darwin James back, they have a legitimate shot to make a Super Bowl run in the last few weeks of the season, make their playoff run, and maybe even steal the division, depending what their record's at. But... That's a huge question mark. Yeah. Bills Bills could be a, a solid team to lose in the wild card round. Yeah, they, I can see that. <laughs> that's like, that's probably that. what I would say. No way they're going to beat a well, higher tier. I mean, tier. if they mess around with, like, let's say they draw the Texans or that's some true. team from the south in the first round, they have. A, I think they have a legit shot to win that football game. But when they're going against the Patriots or Chiefs, I don't. that's going to be tough for me. I agree. But they're definitely a team that could, like, fuck around and lose in the first couple rounds of uh, the playoffs. But, um, yeah, there you go. There's your little uh, taste of football for today, which is basically tomorrow for us. Thank you, Matt, for coming over, doing Thanks the uh, the me. show. Hopefully we could uh, – hopefully I could start making this a regular occurrence, getting you guys some uh, football advice out there, talk about the different ups and downs of the season to go along with your average uh, Thursday talks with me as well. Uh, but other than that, I hope you enjoy the rest of your Super – you're not Super Bowl Sunday. Your football, <laughs> <laughs> your, your football Sunday. Not yet. Uh, but thank you all for listening. This is Basement Banter. Have a good one.